to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week, we're talking about Teenage Renaissance! Exclamation point, David. And we're joined by our guest, Sean, from Anime Out of Context. Appreciate you guys having me on. Do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Sean Rollins. I am a co-host on the anime podcast simply titled Anime Out of Context, where I forced my non-weeb friend to uh, suffer eternally by showing him a wide variety of heinous and sometimes good anime. (laughs) (laughs) Key to that show is that even if it's anime that, like, I liked as a kid, your co-host always hates it from what I've listened to. (laughs) My co-host Remington has such a tight threshold for what he considers good that if you have anything that you love near and dear to your heart in the anime verse and you listen to one of our episodes on it, there's a good 80% chance that you're about to have your heart stomped on. Believe me, I'm there live when it's happening. It hurts every time. (laughs) That's the best part, though. But I'm really excited because you're definitely one of the podcasts I've listened to, like, recreationally. So it's definitely, like, exciting when you gave that, like, intro. I was like, oh, I've heard this intro, like, you know, a hundred times. Ooh. David's (laughs) fanboying out on the fucking podcast. (laughs) Jordan, you have so many of your podcast friends. Okay, fine. I've never been described as recreational before. This is, this is, ooh, (laughs) this is getting a little spicy. I support recreational podcast usage. Should I curse? Should I keep it clean? Oh, yeah, you can curse all you want. All right. (laughs) I'll restrain myself. I'll ask one show because I don't remember if there was an episode. Did you guys cover Gurren Lagann? Oh, yes, we've covered Gurren Lagann. He didn't like it, did he? Well. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much said in just that, well. Long story short, we covered up to episode eight, and at the end of episode eight is when we cut it off because something very big happens at the end of episode eight, and he did not believe that this character died when he did. I didn't believe it when it happened, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. We're all very sad to think about it. We'll do a revisit one day. Maybe I'll I'll skip the show and just show him the movie adaptation so we can get through all of it quicker. You could do what I did, which is the weirdest way to watch Curran Log On ever. I watched the first, like, ten episodes right when that character died, and then for whatever reason I stopped, and then David was like, oh, the last five episodes are amazing. So I just went right to the last five episodes and watched those. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> we were watching it together, and he didn't tell me ahead of time, because sometimes I've rewatched the last five episodes of Curran Log because it's kind of like this really awesome movie. It hits right right in the heart. I finally, last year, went back and watched the whole fucking thing. The whole thing's great. The important thing to remember with Gurren Logon is you have to view it as a whole package to have a proper opinion on it. I've yet to do a revisit because I'm still scared Remington's gonna hurt my feelings again. Oh, jeez, jeez. Is there any series you, like, really, really love that he also liked? Because he seems to cap out at, like, a C+. One that I will sing the praises of to the high heavens that Remington absolutely adored, A Place Further Than the Universe. Not one of our most popular episodes, unfortunately, but it's an anime that everybody should go and frickin' watch immediately, especially, especially, <laughs> if you have deep-seated emotions connected with your youth. Imagine having, like, a hard, like a heavy emotions related to how you grew up. That's so strange. Definitely a, not a common thing that all of us have to deal with. See, I just, uh, when I hit 18, I immediately repressed every single memory that occurred before then, so I'm totally fine now. Jordan and I met in high school, so that's why he kept introducing himself after his 18th birthday to me, because he had just forgotten we had met in summer camp. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's such a romantic meeting. It was like a little fisty first dates right there. Let's get Adam Sandler on the podcast. Speaking of Adam Sandler, why don't we get into the manga details? I know there wasn't any connection, I just (laughs) wanted to switch. The connection is that the comedy is about on par. Hey! Oh, nice. This is going to be a fun one. 
This author's name was Yushin Kuraoki, and he also did the art for Sento no Sune. Sento no Sus. Big Sus. And it ran for four chapters, and this series ran from September 15, 2018 to May 27, 2019, and was 43 chapters in four volumes, making this actually really on the long side. So Sean, for context, the average series we cover is probably in the 20s. We have did Godspeed, which was literally 10 chapters. Oh god, I've read that one. You read Godspeed? <laughs> Why? We all make bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell you, I read, I think, two chapters before I thought, you know, I'm good. That was a very good call. You didn't get to the weird licking scene. <laughs> I love a good licking as much as the next guy, <laughs> but I feel like that there has to be good justification for it. <laughs> yep. Sean Rollins takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Hell yeah, brother. Well, okay, but what if you're like really injured and the only way this girl can heal you is by licking you? <sighs> well, if I have to take one for the team, I'll take one for the team. <laughs> But it's not a good writing choice. That I cannot disagree with. <laughs> yeah, oh, Godspeed. Speaking, though, of good writing, Jordan, why don't you lay upon us your summary of the plot as we shift to about the manga? By the way, Sean, let me know if you ever have more to say when I start to transition. Totally fine. I'll just restart the transition after. I don't want to ever feel like I'm trying to abridge anything you might be saying. Not a problem. If I have something to say, believe me, I will say it. And if it's offensive, that's what editing's for. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut it out so that only you get canceled. <laughs> I got canceled on the last episode, and I got canceled last time, so if you canceled me, it'd be what, uh, shanceled? <laughs> I've never had a verb named after me before, so I feel like that would be appropriate. <laughs> Here you go. Anyway, Jordan, please take it away, though, with your plot summary. David Kuhn hey, that's me. is an average teenage boy attending Louvre High School. The only thing of note about him is that he is the literal statue of David, as crafted by the great Italian master Michelangelo, his father. The most important thing in the world for him is seeing panties, and he is kept in check by his friend, the Dutch fountain Mannequin Piss, which means he looks like a chubby naked child who pees everywhere while delivering masculine, inspiring wisdom. David desperately wants to express his feelings of love to Venus, but he can't do it. Meanwhile, the shy cute girl that no one pays attention to, Mona Lisa, is actually super into David. But oh no, as if that wasn't bad enough, David's little sister, Lita from Greek mythology, is also in love with him. What? That's crazy! The group live out their lives in high school, running into various conflicts that are usually solved by mannequin piss peeing on everyone as they pose like famous old paintings. However, just as David is preparing to confess his love to Venus, mannequin piss suddenly transfers to another school, leaving David drowning in an indescribable emptiness. Just as he is about to succumb to despair like in Edvard Munch's The Scream, he receives a letter from Mannequin Piss explaining that he had to go back to Belgium to beat up his parents and encourages David to confess his feelings. David does so, Venus says she loves him too, everyone claps. David then goes through a magical time portal ten years into the future where he meets Mannequin Piss, who claims to him that Mona Lisa is now a famous author, Lita is a pro tennis champion, and he arrived just in time to watch himself get married to Venus, although he does return home before seeing it, wanting to wait until he gets to experience the moment for himself. Aww. That is the epic tale of Teenage Renaissance David. Mm, epic's a word for it. Classical term, I s no, no, not at all. 
it's got length to it as far as uh things we've got you've covered on the show I, I just included myself on your show right there it's like we've covered <laughs> loads of things on this show together <laughs> welcome to the show sean third co-host now Yes. Fun fact, Sean has actually been on every episode of Shonen Flop. We just simply muted his audio until this episode. It's because this is the first time he said anything funny. Wow. Yeah, Sean's like, I, I'm too famous for this. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. God, if I ever get to the point where I think I'm too famous to be on a podcast, I just hope that Dylan takes me out back and gives me the old yeller treatment. Jordan, I really appreciate how when you said mannequin piss leaves, you said he's drowning. I specifically said uh, drowning in an indescribable emptiness, David. <laughs> drowning in piss. All right. Anyway, speaking of David. <laughs> That's my three word summary. <laughs> oh, man. So, David, though, uh, I'll take this one because, uh, you know, namesake. He's a pervert. He looks like a statue. Very boastful. Has a big old crush on Venus. You know, just your average. It was some high school age. I don't know if they say how old he is exactly, but yeah, he's just a normal kid. Doesn't really have any friends besides all the art people, which was kind of a retcon of the first chapter, if you guys noticed. Mm -hmm. Sean, is there anything you'd like to say about Venus? She is the first thing that ruins uh, the joke because they do not fully commit to the joke. It's so frustrating. So David, as, I, as we've mentioned many times, looks like um, the statue of David. So you think, oh, Venus. So she's going to look like Venus de Milo or something. No, she's just a hot anime girl. As soon as I saw that it wasn't another statue or like another art piece, I was like, oh, so they're not going to commit to the bit. It would have been so much better if they did. Like, because they have her posed like um, Venus from Botticelli's Birth of Venus, but that's not enough because mm -mm. it's just an anime character. But as far as her character goes, she's the vapid popular girl. There's not really much to talk about. The fact that she doesn't commit to the theme of the entire manga, like, and, and all the other characters do to some extent, and that infuriates me. Is it a character flaw to be uh, too nice and too pretty? You know? Yeah, cause she's just a quintessential flawless girl, yet somehow doesn't really have a lot of friends or anyone she's like dating, and it just didn't really make any sense. It's like a shittier version of uh, Komi-san, if you're familiar with that series, uh, Komi Can't Communicate. Anybody who reads manga should be familiar, because <laughs> I feel like the most vocal group in the manga community are the ones who wanted the Komi-san adaptation, and congratulations guys, it's happening! I mean, real shout out to her voice actor, which is gonna get the easiest paycheck in the business. Seriously. <laughs> I have no clue what you guys are talking about. <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not a real weeb, I'm fake. Jordan doesn't know what anime is, so it's okay. I've been, like, just coming up with shit this whole time. Neither do I. I've been faking it for, like, three years. <laughs> See, I just watched the same anime over and over again. <laughs> you and your Hunter Hunter stand. And Dragon Ball Z. Tell us about Mannequin Piss, buddy. Okay, Mannequin Piss is the best character in the entire series. He is, like, truly incredibly uh, detailed and uh, rendered literary character that I hope uh, gets revived in the future. He's basically just this naked little baby, this famous weird-looking statue in Belgium, as we've mentioned many times. Yeah. But he's also wearing Jotaro's hat from Jojo Part 3. And he loves hat shopping. He loves hat shopping. He is chewing on a big on a big piece of like grass just like says manly things like ah boys have their dicks out in front of them so they can always move forward stuff like that he's the sora which i think is a term we actually haven't used in a while but jordan would you agree yeah sean for context the sora is when a manga doesn't have a lot of really outstanding qualities but there's like a character that's particularly interesting and it's just named after beast children where there was only one character that the author really put any effort into writing into 
And actually, coincidentally, Sora's best scene in that series had to do with when he was taking a piss. So maybe that's a theme of quality manga writing in terrible series. Shit, there's a lot of piss in JoJo. Maybe that's why that series is good. <laughs> I bet Araki kept this series alive. It's like uh, how uh, Jeff Bezos, it was like The Expanse, I think. He kept that show going on because he just personally liked it. <laughs> so he was like, you're my fucking company. Don't cancel this TV show. I love the idea of this manga author like getting notices that, hey, your manga is uh, is not getting a lot of readership. And he just like picks up the phone and calls Araki and is like, Araki, can you handle this for me? And then like the publisher calls him back and is like, never mind, you may continue. <laughs> but even at a, after a certain point, Araki's like, wait a minute, I'm actually reading this. This is off. <laughs> so you guys say Mannequin Piss is the best character in the show, and I'm willing to agree with you. I still hate him. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I'm saying greatest character ever, like jokingly. It's like, it's still kind of a one note joke and it gets tiring in a lot of places where you're just kind of, you get sick of the amount of piss in this series. <laughs> Bold statements and make a ton of piss jokes in the first like three chapters. Let me put it to you this way. If this manga did not have its iconic, let's call it theme, picture Mannequin Piss just being another dude, like not a little baby <laughs> statue. And then imagine every scene he's in. You see the problem with that? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That just makes the series better. I'm actually surprised that Mannequin Piss didn't have like a chapter just completely by himself and we had a day in like what he does. I'll tell you what he does. He stays in the exact same pose the whole time, spouting uh, manly shonen quotes, and then uh, the readers cry <laughs> because yeah. they wonder what they are doing with their lives. The moment when... Mannequin Piss Leaves is kind of the most emotionally effective moment in the entire series. Like, that's not like a, it's not like a high bar. No. But it was like, Mannequin Piss Leaves, and I'm like, aw, that's sad. David seems upset. I was. Yeah, I could tell. He's also a really good bro, like the soccer incident, where the main character pisses himself because he got hit in the balls by not one, but two soccer balls consecutively, and Mannequin Piss pisses on him to hide the fact that he peed himself. What an outstanding human being, but why is this like the third chapter and you're still making Mannequin Piss jokes? I mean, it is hilarious. I love Mannequin Piss. I actually have a photo of myself with Mannequin Piss. <laughs> in the flesh, that's impressive. Oh, in the stone, I should say. I'm happily will send it to you because Jordan was like, do you know where, where Mannequin Piss is? And I was like, yes, I do, because I had a photo of it and I took it while I was in Belgium. So ha, I wish I could go places, but there's a pandemic. <laughs> oh, man. Someday we will all be able to actually travel. Maybe, hopefully, knock on wood. <laughs> we'll do a weave trip to Japan one day. Take me with you, please. <laughs> you can meet my uh, friend who's like a Japanese idol. What? Does anyone want to talk about Mona Lisa? Ooh. I'll talk about Mona Lisa. Go for it. Okay, so Mona Lisa first shows up, and it's funny because she is, it's literally Mona Lisa, like the painting, but like, she's very shy in the background. It doesn't really say a lot of stuff. And then Mannequin Piss pees on her, and then she just turns into uh, another hot anime girl because she looked like that because she was so tense that her facial muscles tensed up. Uh, it's disappointing. It would have been funnier if she was just fucking Mona Lisa instead of just another sexy anime babe that the author put in so he can draw more sexual poses, I guess. Big anime titties is the phrase you're looking for. My god, the badonka donks on Mona Lisa shocked me to the very core. I think you mean bazongas, badonka donk is specifically the butt. Sean, please. Sorry, my, my cultural linguism is just a bit, <laughs> it's a bit off. I, I'm trying to stay hip with the kids, but when most of my vocabulary comes from weep crap and uh, stuff from before I was even born, it's a little hard to keep uh, keep track of. We'll invite you to our Discord where I have a word of the day channel where I literally post a word of the day every single day. 
oh, that would actually be wonderful. I need to broaden my vocabulary because turns out if I spend 90% of my time reading anime subtitles and manga, it's a little hard to keep some of the higher vernacular in use, you know? Today's actually was a phallicism, which is the worship of the general principle is symbolized by the phallus. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So very fitting that today's <laughs> word of the day was penis worship. <laughs> Piss boy, as I call that statue, would have been a fan of this religion. Uh, he would have been uh, a saint in the religion. Yes. And you know who's really a saint is uh, Lita, his sister, who... Also, why did this manga have like a weird incest plot that like incest came up a few times in this manga? So as soon as I got to that point in the manga, I thought to myself, ah, this is why they brought me on. <laughs> <laughs> For the record... We actually don't read the manga usually before we invite someone on unless it's like a recommendation episode. Oh. This is one that like we had been saving for a special occasion because it's just such like a weird premise that we just thought that you would like have fun reading this kind of like it's there's very few manga I think that would ever be similar to this. We were wrong. It was miserable. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we should have had you on the high school family rec episode so we could have <laughs> talked about Gomez for 45 minutes. No, it's perfectly all right. Like, honestly, the concept alone did intrigue me. I was like, oh, this will be interesting. And then I got to uh, the sister bit and I'm like, oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, would you guys like to know a little bit of context around Lita and the Swan? Oh, yeah, I had that as a note in miscellaneous thoughts. But yes, please enlighten us. Greek mythology, Lita is somebody that Zeus appeared to as a swan and uh, had sex with. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Zeus is too damn horny. Zeus has to tone it the fuck down. My favorite example of this is that like uh, all the moons of Jupiter are named after things that Zeus had sex with mm -hmm. and none of them are named after his wife. <laughs> his wife actually shows up in One Piece. So my God, that is a deep cut. <laughs> I think that's what six panels worth of cut right there. Yeah. <laughs> So for context, it's just something is named after her. It's not like a literal great god shows up in one piece and, you know. Funny that you said that, David, because there is a specific moment in this series where David Kun has to answer a question about obscure One Piece facts. Yes. And I immediately screenshotted it and just sent it to David. I was like, oh, this is just you. <laughs> Joke's on you. I could answer none of those questions because my memory is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I also had to introduce myself to Jordan several times because I kept forgetting who he was. <laughs> well, eventually we learned. You, you wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to say more about Lita's character, Sean? The character doesn't matter. Nope. Which is something you could say about all the characters in this show, uh, manga. See, I'm so used to reviewing shows that's like, ah, show is the word to use here. And this uh, Japanese comic book. <laughs> Lita is your typical little sister character who has a crush on her bigger brother, but she's got that sporty type personality. And it's just, I've reviewed a lot of content with incest in my time. I hate the fact that's part of my expertise at this mm. point. I really do. But it's hard to imagine that a story with such a unique premise could have such a non-important little sister. She exists for the sole purpose of the author wanted a few chapters where he could take the point of view shot away from David and put it on somebody else. But like all she's doing then is just tailing Venus because she's obsessed with her older brother. Uh, moving on, we got Goliath, because let's be real. Are you really going to have a manga with David as the main character without Goliath? Are you serious? That's actually illegal. Yeah. Like, isn't that David completely different from the David and Goliath story? No. The statue of David, the thing that he's holding in his left hand is the sling that he's going to use to slay Goliath. Okay, okay. That is good to know. Because I like when I got to that point, I was like, is that 
accurate. I hope it's accurate, but it just, for whatever reason, did not ring true as accurate for yeah. me. <laughs> Maybe that's just because the overall quality of the manga made me question everything I, I understood about literature, but hey, what do I know? Jordan is so powerful, he just ignores looking at the tiny-ass dong on the statue and actually notices other details about it. I guess I'm just, like, uh, super-powered in being an art nerd. <laughs> the series was made for me in some ways, but they did a bad job. <laughs> But yeah, so he's he's David's rival, which is no surprise because that's the whole fucking point. Everything he owns has horns on it. I actually thought that was funny. His like cell phone has like a case that has like horns sticking out of it, like Viking style horns, which doesn't really make sense given that that story definitely did not occur in the Scandinavian region. Well, you know what? Vikings also didn't wear those horn hats, David. That's also an anachronism. I've read Vinland Saga. I know. <laughs> What's annoying about Goliath's design is that he isn't based on anything. There aren't a lot of depictions of Goliath in Renaissance art, but there are a lot of depictions of David, like, stepping on or holding the head of Goliath. And unfortunately, this Goliath does not look like that Goliath's head. I was a little disappointed. Goliath is really dumb as well. So is this series. So why don't we shift into why it failed and we can really formally start tearing this series apart. As the namesake, let me tear into my own, ch my own child. Because <laughs> no one hates David more than me. <laughs> Oh, my therapist. My Aww. therapist actually says he listens to my podcast, so shit. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> oh, going to be a conversation. <laughs> I'm going to talk to him about that on Thursday. Always be promoting the podcast, though. Right, Jordan? Yeah, hey. But anyway, here's the problem with this series. You have to thread a needle so insanely tightly. Your art always has to be on point. Your references have to be on point. And not only have to they be on point, you have to make references that the average audience either gets or they're obscure enough they're in the background so they're just a reward and it doesn't detract from the series. And this series does not do that. As you said, it half-hearts pretty much all of the art. It's kind of like how Bullshock BT was based on a Rocky just writing stories around magic tricks he found. This series, he just had a list of art he wanted to reference and then he tried to to write like a plot around the art pieces some of these references are so insanely forced he like called someone a boulder just so he could reference that famous piece of art and i was like this is the most forced reference i've ever seen in my entire life uh if he fully committed to it though i would have been totally all right with it even if it was like super obscure references that most people wouldn't get if he went all the way in i wouldn't care because it's like okay you really tried but the problem is this series is really two different series mashed together on one of them is this very forced series of art history references but on the other hand it's just like a horny teenage story and they don't really intersect ever there is some kind of strange symbolism that implies um when somebody is not hot or when somebody is uh not themselves or whatever they look like a statue and then when each person grows up or becomes who they are they turn into an anime person but it's like not enough yeah it's also inconsistent so does that mean that just his father is a complete emotional failure <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you know anything about Michelangelo? Because he kind of was. <laughs> Turns out artists were kind of tortured back in the day, uh, mentally speaking. I mean, my good friend Van Gogh, he had some issues, but he was a happy guy, right? <laughs> there were references to him, but he should have been a member of the main cast. Well, I think what happened is uh, when this guy started the manga, the idea was to just do Renaissance art. But after like the third or fourth chapter, he realized, fuck, I've run through all my Renaissance references. Now I just have to reference everything that's in this big art history textbook. He got shit like Picasso, like pieces of art that people are, are alive for when that art was made. I did like the moment when, uh, to show that Mona Lisa was, uh, emotionally in turmoil, she just turned into the Picasso painting. That's the thing. This series, absolutely, when it's bringing its A-game, is absolutely fantastic. But yeah. it is so difficult to do that. This cannot be done as a weekly series. He had so 
many shortcuts when he made this. First of all, the chapters are short. They're like 13 pages. He recycles art a ton. You see, like, I get, like, every single time he makes David do the same pose, he clearly just was either tracing over a prior drawing or redoing it and drawing clothes over it. Oh, I would go further. Uh, he's straight up using a 3D model. It's just you can't do this in a week. You can't draw everything, do your research. Like, if this was monthly, I think this really could have been something. I mean, even if it was just less horny. <laughs> oh, yeah, the fucking tentacle shot of Mona Lisa for no fucking reason. What the fuck was that? <sighs> At a VR, like, arcade or whatever, and uh, for pretty much no reason, she's just like, oh, wow, these VR games feel really real. Wow, what are all these uh, tentacles doing around me? Oh, my God. It's like, dude, come on. If I am going to be reading a manga, watching an anime, whatever, for the lewd, etchy scenes, which I don't do regularly, contrary to popular belief, <laughs> but if I am going to do that, I would like my boners to come from a place of honesty. And this show is not very honest about its etchiness. Like, it's undecidedly horny show, or manga even, and yet it doesn't commit to that. Like, it's so halfway on all of its bits that, like, honestly, if they had just leaned even more into the etchy bullcrap, then maybe it would have at least had a consistent audience. Maybe not a good audience, but at least a consistent audience. Not every series that's horny is, like, automatically bad. I mean, I enjoyed Empowered. The issue is the manga author really doesn't lean in. I, I forget where I heard this recently, but it's basically, like, uh, good authors tell you things about yourselves, and bad authors tell you things about themselves, mm -hmm. you know? Like, you see something in a bad work of art, which is kind of why I love So Bad It's Good movies, that they don't really expose any deeper thought, but they make you think, wow, this director's kind of a weird guy. Kind of how it feels here. It's just like, it just kind of makes me think, wow, this author's very horny. It's dishonest. If you want to make a manga about sexy anime girls, go for it. If you want to make a gag manga with a very specific theme, go for it. But if you want to do both, you gotta go 100% in both directions. You can't go halfway either way, otherwise you're just gonna get a product that makes you seem a bit less quality than you are. Like, it almost reminds me of... Oh God, I bashed this man a lot and I really, really feel bad about it because I should cut back, but I'm gonna do it again. Uh, Reki Kawahara comes to mind, and I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he is the uh, author behind the Sword Art Online series. Mm. The best show where you watch 13 episodes and pretend the rest never exist. <laughs> I wouldn't even call those 13 episodes good. The issue with Reki's writing is that, especially his really early writing, he's gotten a bit better as time has gone on. I've reread some of his uh, rewrites of the series. They're not great, but they're better. <laughs> rewrites. <laughs> But I can still see some of his major plots. Uh, uh flop plots? What? He doesn't his have major flops. flops. Yeah, flops. There we go. Hey, that's the that's the title of your show. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> but one of his major flaws in his writing scheme is that he always gets distracted by horny scenes, and that's this exact same thing with this manga. That's unfortunately very common in a lot of uh, in a lot of manga and anime. Like I've been talking about this with Oda. The the issue with Oda, like people talk about how oh Oda has Oda only has uh, two body types for women, and it's like see the problem with that is that it isn't just the fact that like it's misogynistic to always make women sex objects and stuff, which is yes, that's another conversation though. But the thing is, when you do that, it completely limits the creativity because Oda's like one of the best character designers in all of manga but when he's drawing a girl it's like well now now she's mostly naked and just wearing a bikini there you go that's character design 
And to be fair, though, Oda is amongst the gods of horniness himself, and he's admitted it as such. So, you know what? I Considering the decade, the two, God, two decades, two decades, fucking hell. The two decades of entertainment he's given us, it's nowhere near as egregious because he actually puts all of his work into everything else. It's the difference of a minor complaint versus the major complaint that this entire manga that we've re- been reading this past week has been. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, I'd still read One Piece. I'm not here to cancel Oda. <laughs> uh, never. That man has done too goddamn much for the manga industry to be canceled. I love Oda. Oda, you're welcome to be on our show anytime. <laughs> you just need to speak English. <laughs> just, I don't think you can say that. <laughs> yeah, wow, David. Holy shit. <laughs> we only like people who speak English in here. Tokyo Shinobi Squad in here now. Actually, I'm going to stay on my ground and say you probably do need to be fluent in English to be on this podcast. What, the audio medium of a podcast? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or or apparently maybe Danish, because that's where we're biggest outside of the English-speaking world. Hey, they speak English. Yo, what's they, up? Uh, they do, actually. It's a very nice country. I've been there. I'd love to go there. I'd love to go anywhere that's not America. That'd be great. We'll plan a trip. I, I do like two international trips a year. So if you want, we'll do podcast trip 2022. That would be very romantic. I can't wait. It's been a bit stale lately, and honestly, I need this. I need this so bad. Let's go to another topic, would you say? How about, remember when they did the Jaws parody for no reason? I was so angry, I'll be honest. (laughs) What the fuck was that? Yeah. (laughs) While the original Jaws film is in fact art, and a great movie, and like paramount to the idea of film culture as a whole, once you delve into referencing a movie, including fucking bringing in characters from that movie into your manga, there's a difference between a reference and a homage and just poor taste. Uh, it was a very clear sign. Oh, he's literally jumping the shark. My last thought, though, negative is also the plot goes nowhere. I get it's a gag manga, but like High School Family has shown so heavily you can have an actual like plot and still be kind of like a gag of the week manga. So it's just kind of like we love the mannequin piss scene when he leaves because that's the only time anything plot related ever happens in this entire series. It's like Archie Comics, just like David Kuhn. It just has these girls who are into him, but he's into the one girl and he doesn't think she's into him, but the other hot girl's into him and they keep fighting over stuff. Then his sister's into him. Like, it's just, um, it's just not very interesting. It's every bad high school anime ever, which sucks because I love a good high school anime. Why did they not draw like a love triangle that looked like the Louvre? Huh? (laughs) I I get what you're putting out. That would have been a pretty solid visual gag. Jordan, a triangle has three sides. (laughs) yeah and you know what the louvre looks like yeah yeah i forgot i forgot just showing that i'm fake at everything i'm even a fake art fan jesus christ yeah bro went to art school doesn't fucking know what a triangle is i don't want to know what the fucking louvre looks like (laughs) what a fucking basic bitch it's okay this is the energy of this recording it's really weird this is a weird episode but it's a good episode Sean, sometimes we have guests that are like, yeah, I don't really give a fuck about what we read. Let's just like make jokes for an hour and a half. But sometimes, you know, it's good to actually go into why it was a series that had a lot of promise. Not very good. But though, speaking of how it had a lot of promise, there still are some positives. So why don't we go into what it did well? Jordan, take us away. So what were some things that you actually enjoyed about the series? I liked some of the 
gags they had there. I thought it was really funny to show the inside of a stomach that is uneasy and about to fart. It just looks like Guernica by Picasso, <laughs> which if you know anything about Guernica, it is meant as this really um, brutal response to the Spanish Civil War and the horrors committed by Franco. It's like one of the most powerful um, and important anti-war paintings in history. So it's just really funny to see it. Oh, it's a fart. Because it also <laughs> kind of looks like a fart, honestly. <laughs> uh, farts are great. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the Renaissance like art jokes do land. The teacher? Fucking amazing joke. The, the fact that the teacher looks like um, this ancient depiction of Zeus <laughs> or some god that I'm not sure anybody knows. And it's like, it's hard to describe. It just looks like a big medallion with like a sculpted face that is like withered away and stuff. He's got like the mouth of truth and you have to put your hand in his mouth and he will determine whether or not you are telling the truth or not. Which, uh, hey, if you ever saw Roman Holiday, I guess that's in that, which I only know because of Wikipedia. <laughs> The joke that I really loved the most was how they used the, sh the jump logo to censor his penis. <laughs> I've never seen someone do that. Actually, I've never seen like a jump logo show up like that in any of the series ever. So that was just absolutely fantastic. The fact that they were willing to use that as their censorship logo, pretty solid, I would say. Pretty solid. Honestly, one of the best jokes in the whole series was in like the very last chapter when David Kuhn goes to the future and to symbolize that Mannequin Piss has grown 10 years, now his penis is censored because now he's an adult. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's <laughs> fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't he wearing clothes too? He has a tie and he has, jo he has uh, a white version of Jotaro's hat like from part four. That's a very solid goof right there. Although... <laughs> Not to be a spoil sport, that does make us seeing his penis beforehand very fucking creepy. Because <laughs> now you wonder how old is Mannequin Piss? Exactly. By the way, I did look it up. Their first years, which I believe would make them about 15. Oh, great. As horny as the series is, there's never a moment where you feel like the series is trying to make you horny for Mannequin Piss. <laughs> Thank God. My Christ. Could <laughs> you imagine? <laughs> well, at least they don't sexualize Mannequin Piss. <laughs> Just the other 15-year-olds, including the Mona Lisa. Well, I'm just glad they don't sexualize the 15-year-old who looks like he's actually five years old. You know, we have to draw the line somewhere. Otherwise, what's even the point? I mean, there's always those anime tropes where it's like, she might look 10, but she's actually a 2,000-year-old dragon. So it's A-OK. -okay. I've uh, played Fire Emblem. Glad you got my reference. Actually, there's a lot of things you could be referencing. It happens a lot. Yeah... But getting back into the positives, I do want to say it does feel insanely rewarding when you do get a reference, especially when it's one of the lesser known ones. I mean, they don't, Jordan, I don't know if there's any that were like you, if you didn't go to art school, you never would have gotten this. When I noticed the Art Nouveau reference, I actually felt kind of clever because I was like, oh, that was one of the, I wouldn't say super obscure, but that's more like a B tier reference compared to, you know, like the really blatant stuff. Yeah, very much Leonardo pointing at the screen. Yes, yes, that was <laughs> me. Or uh, God pointing to man, as this series would have done. <laughs> The series did that twice. Creation of Adam, they, they also did it at the very end, but I guess it might have been a callback. Jordan, they never did do The Last Supper. Fuck! That would have been a great gag. I made a list in our uh, preview episode of, like, the works of art that I was guessing was going to show up. I think I'm two for four. Yeah. They didn't have Donatello at all. There was nothing from Donatello, so it's just three of the four turtles there. Arguably the best Ninja Turtle. 
<laughs> Arguably the best Ninja Turtle, but the more I thought about it, nobody gives a shit about Donatello the sculpture. He has like one one sculpture that anybody ever talks about. So you know what? If you're gonna drop a turtle, that one, drop a turtle. Yeah, <laughs> drop a turtle. <laughs> drop Just a dropping turtle. turtles. When in doubt, drop a turtle. That's a shirt, David. Jordan, add it to the list, along with the I wish I was reading Chainsaw Man right now shirt. <laughs> I also like that the series actually shows his home life. A lot of manga, like Zip Man, doesn't show what the characters actually do outside of the main setting of the manga. So the fact that he actually has like a relationship with his dad and his sister and his his mom doesn't do much, but and his sister's really weird, but at least he has a very healthy relationship with his dad. A healthy relationship with his dad. I did like where it was like, um, he was like, call me Papalangelo. <laughs> It's a pun that clearly worked way better in Japanese. I just love how stupid it is. <laughs> Papalangelo. <laughs> Mamma mia. Sean, do you have any positives you'd like to talk about? Honestly, I think it's covered, man. Like, once in a while, you'd get one good, solid reaction face, one good, solid renaissance gag. And yeah, getting a reference did, did make me smile a little bit. I would agree totally. One thing that should be noted about the series, it is an amazing example of out of context. You see how I did that right there, you know? Oh, that's my show. Yeah, yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> that's the name of your show. Oh, man. Whoa. But yeah, there are a bunch of pages where if you want to just show somebody a ridiculous page, you really can't beat this series. If all you show them is one page of this series, send them the one of David getting hit with two soccer balls in the groin and then talking about how he's got to piss. Which is literally the page I sent you when I was reading this. Yeah, it's amazing. Another one that comes to mind is uh, a hoverboard mannequin piss with David on top. One of the very common things that um that I notice in a lot of uh, in a lot of failed stories like this isn't just a manga thing but it's like the author sets up something that would clearly save the series and just doesn't notice it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thought though for where it could have gone. So why don't we shift over to that? Talk about good transitions, right? Ever since I've started wearing my transition lenses, things have just transitioned so much easier. Sean, why don't you lead us with kind of where do you really feel like this series could have gone? It could have gone all the way in one direction or another. If it had gone fully into the gag sphere and leaned super heavy into the art deco references and thinking of all the fun situations you can do with uh, art history degree, then it really could have been a very solid uh, gag manga. If it had give been given more time, uh, not a weekly, obviously, a monthly maybe, or honestly, I feel like this manga would have been better off as like a webcomic that the artist could post at his own time yes absolutely and if it had decided to go into more of the you know the horny the horny side uh for those who are a fan of the horny side <laughs> there's some horny ass art out there oh you don't say <laughs> They could have really, really leaned into that and made people realize, hey, wait a minute, all those old famous art dudes are a bunch of perverts. Yeah. And that could have been another way to take the comedy and the hilarity. Like, I had that thought, too. It's like, well, yeah, you can definitely make um, a bunch of sexual jokes with old art. Are you kidding me? They're already in the art. Imagine for a second the panels where David is just standing there being like, man, Venus is so hot. And then they show you like a hot anime, babe. Now imagine it is just the statue of Venus de Milo in clothes. Like that is so much funnier. How do you miss that obvious joke? You know, had leaned into the art history thing and I made it kind of a oh God, uh, 
educational, like a soft educational animal. I'll, uh, animal? Did I just say soft educational <laughs> animal? Yes. What is wrong with me? It's a real beast of the series. I need food and alcohol, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, no, uh, a soft education anime or manga a la Cells at Work, like where you're trying to be funny and entertaining while also giving a little bit of information and history into things. Like, I found that on the completely legitimate site I was reading, the manga at, you know, because I only read legitimate sources because I am a professional. Occasionally, there would be links to the actual art pieces. So I'd be like, oh, so that's what that is. And then I could do a little bit of reading on the art piece. This would have been a really cool, like, creative wrapper for, like, imagine if this had been, like, a textbook for, like, high school students. That would be great. But unfortunately, all of these things require it to be less horny. And I have a feeling that this artist primarily is motivated by horniness. Oh, yeah. He's going to horny jail real bad. Yeah. It's like Godspeed, where it was horny for no reason. Yeah, it's just more disappointing here, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I think the reason why this conversation is so discussion, like, this is a more heavy discussion than usual, is because we were all very interested in the premise. We were all, like, totally on board, and then just, like, we really wanted it to be better, you know? Actually, I haven't been disappointed by a series like this in a long time, but we'll talk about that more, I guess, in the final verdict. This is episode we're going to send to the Discovery Channel and market as educational and get some grant money for. Hell yeah. Did you guys hear that? Storms are brewing. Can't close my window because that's where the AC unit is. Oh no. Winter's coming. You know what else is coming? Miscellaneous thoughts? Yeah! yeah. Oh, I thought this was about to turn into one of those podcasts again. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's for the second year anniversary. All right, Jordan, <laughs> I am sure you have a long list of miscellaneous thoughts. Uh, so lay it on us, Mr. Art School. Yeah, so I was right. Leakoan and his sons did show up. I'm very happy about that. It was just totally disappointing how he didn't go uh, further than that, you know? Oh, I liked a lot how Mannequin Piss's dad was just like Renee Magritte paintings. Yeah. <laughs> it was also interesting when they had some moments that were like based on Japanese art history, which I know absolutely nothing about and was fascinating. I think the best one, though, was the Sphinx. Mm -hmm. That was fucking great. It was a Sandlot painting. Yeah, where they were playing baseball and then knock it into their old neighbor and their old neighbor is an ancient Egyptian king with a, a statue of a sphinx as his cat that eats balls. It was great. The Tucker report on this one is going to be fucking balls to the wall. It's going to be like a five hour special where he goes in every piece. And then my miscellaneous thought was I, I really loved how the dad called his son Golden Boy because he keeps getting pissed on. <laughs> I don't know if that joke is an original, but that was a great translation. I agree. Also, this dude was super good at imitating art styles for the manga. Like, I don't know if he traced it, but like that one piece in Hunter Hunter art was impeccable. I straight up thought it was Leorio when he showed up. I'm going to say he probably traced it. It just seemed too good not to be traced. I don't really care as much about tracing. It doesn't bother me that much. If it looks good, who fucking cares? You know, it's when it looks bad that's that it's a problem. What's the comic book artist that got caught tracing porn? I think George Land. Greg Land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sean, there's an American comic artist who just traces porn a lot and he got caught. I feel like there are like more common occurrences, but I feel like getting caught tracing it is probably the weirdest. <laughs> I would agree, you know? It's also funny, just the idea that everybody who's outing you is like, yeah, I also saw that porn and you clearly traced it. <laughs> well, you got to sink the ship to take out the captain. You know what they mean? <laughs> oh my God. This is a great episode. That's officially that that's made this a great episode. Thank you. <laughs> Sean, do you have any miscellaneous thoughts? What has been said has been said, man. I wanted more. I wanted more quality, too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is, we get in the King of the Hill section where you just go, yep. 
Mm-hmm. That was a great when you uh, when you covered King of the Hill, by the way, on your show. Oh, God, don't remind me. Bro, I knew the second you were like, this is the most fucked up King of the Hill episode. I just went to myself. He's talking about the fucking pig episode, isn't he? Emphasis on the fucking emphasis on the fucking. I should not have seen that episode as an 11 year old. I have to go back and watch King of the Hill because like when I was a kid and I watched King of the Hill, it was like, well, this isn't like goofy. I want Family Guy or something. But now I watch it as an adult and holy shit, that show's funny. I've only seen the 10 worst episodes and based on those 10 episodes, I'm of the opinion it did not need to be animated. Ooh. (laughs) Guys, guys, guys. I'm sorry, this is unrelated to anything. My older sister just texted me asking me to explain to her what Doki Doki Literature Club is. Tell her it's a good, wholesome visual novel that she should (laughs) definitely play and not look into. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, speaking of, did you have Remington watch Madoka? Uh, Yes, that was actually our episode five? No, 11, no. If you don't get it exactly right, I swear to fucking God. (laughs) I've done 150 episodes, I'm sorry. You better know this number. I think it was 11. My friend watched the first two episodes and I was like, bro, you gotta watch episode three. He's like, no, I just ain't feeling it, man. I was like, motherfucker, this is the whole point. You gotta watch the first three episodes. Dude, that's like I told my roommate, watch Hunter Hunter. He watches the first two episodes and he's like, I think I know where it's going. No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. It's Shonen. You you have to give it way more than a three episode rule for Shonen. Ah, son of a bitch, it was episode nine. Ah, there you go. You know what nine is? It's when you apply the rule to three to six, which makes me think of our six word summary. They wow. all, these transitions wow. all can't be winners. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. Jordan's like, you should fucking go play for the NBA with reach like that. <laughs> with transitions like that, who needs Photoshop? Exactly. <laughs> Sean, why don't you do us the honors and give us your six word summary? My six word summary, a single joke makes bad content. I like it. I wrote three, but I don't know. Do you guys want me to read them off or just the one I like the most? You know what? Read them all. All right. All right. You guys can tell me which ones you like. So I said a fun series that pisses you off. Hey. A manga that's marble tested, a Rocky approved, mm. and sadly takes its premise for granted. That one's my favorite. That was the one I would have picked if I could only pick one was the last one. I would describe this series as um, urinating on an art history textbook. <laughs> wow. You guys actually tried to be funny with yours. I tried to be honest. Uh- <laughs> It's more of an art than a science. We've had a guest that literally just <laughs> said six words she associated with the episode, and that was perfectly fine, too. That works out. That works pretty well. As long as it, um, I'm not going to go into the deep theory behind the six word summary. <laughs> anyway. For sale baby shoes. Never worn. <laughs> Deadass, that's what inspired this, was that Irma Hemingway six word story thing. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not that creative. I, I stole that idea. Good artist copy, great artist steal. Oh, thank you. So what does that make me? Uh, I'll tell you later. All right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> later in bed, it'll be fine. We'll all cuddle up. We'll we'll have a nice we'll have a nice talk about it. I don't want the kids to hear it. This is like when I edit it, I I just sometimes take laugh and I move it to after I said something, so it sounds like you guys laughed at things I said. Oh, I know, <laughs> David. <laughs> I, I should get Dylan to do that for me. That way, I might actually be liked on my own show. <laughs> we'll come on the show and say nice things about you if you want. We'll we'll trade. Uh, we'll do a manga out of context episode. Have Remington read Chainsaw Man, and then I may physically cry if he says he doesn't like it. Prepare to cry. You gotta be careful, man. Like, he finds problem in everything. Yeah. <laughs> in a completely flawless series such as Chainsaw Man and Naruto, how could he find a flaw in Naruto? Called reading past the tuning exam. <laughs> I got into a huge argument where I said Naruto's best arc was a tuning exam. Kind of is. That's where everything's just working. Yeah. Zabuza is the best villain. He's like the scariest one. He wasn't in the tuning exam, but sure. <laughs> is he before the tuning exam? He is. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's before the tuning exam. So reading up past the tuning exam is where you lose the stuff. Gotcha. 
See, I was right. Think again before you call me wrong, David, because I'm actually never wrong. Jokes on you, Jordan, I never think. So anyway, speaking of flops, <laughs> Sean, would you consider this series a flop or not? Oh, it's a complete flop. A certified flop? Certified. You can slap the trademark on it and everything. Now, Sean, you don't know how bad these certified series can get. He's welcome to his opinion. <laughs> You're welcome to your opinion. But yeah. Jordan's just like, your opinion is wrong, guest. <laughs> well, allow me to make uh, my argument. So while you guys have definitely read things that are worse, and there are definitely <laughs> things that are worse out, I think that this justifies the certification simply due to the fact that it had so much promise and so much going for it at the beginning that once you finish, like, not even finish it, reading it halfway through and all the way at the end, it completely lets you down. I think that is the definition of a proper flop. Like, the fact that it took you so goddamn high right at the beginning and then quickly throws you belly first into the pool of despair. I don't know what else you could call a flop. I think that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, we've definitely read things where it was just really disappointing. Like, Stealth Symphony had probably one of the strongest creative teams behind a series we have ever read. And it just fucking shit itself in a beautiful fucking massacre. The ending was a beautiful massacre. The second act was just fucking garbage. <laughs> Stealth Symphony is by the creator of Dorarara and Bacano, if you've watched those. Oh, I love those. He could not handle a weekly series, and then it just goes insanely off the rails, which, if you have the time, I would read it, because if I tell you what happens in the end, you either won't believe me, or it ruins the surprise of how absolutely insane the end of that series is. Well, say it with me, folks. Weekly series is a great way to ruin authors. Like, Shonen Jump's schedule is actually very abusive. It is not good. Mm -hmm. Not good. It results in lower quality art. It destroys the health of the artists themselves. It's just really shitty. The only person who seems to have, like, surpassed that is Oda, and that's because the man is fucking psychotic in all the right ways. So then, Jordan, though, how would you rank this one? Oh, this is a flop. I see what you mean, Sean. In terms of, like, disappointment, this definitely leaves me, like, feeling more upset than any of the other series, than a lot of the other series. But, like, man, mm -hmm. it was just so brutal reading some of that shit. It was so fucking brutal reading through Bone Collection. Oh, I read that one. Oh, I'm sorry. Me too. Me too. Yeah, Bone Collection Man, or uh, fucking <laughs> Beast Children, or Phantom Seer, our hottest take we have ever had on the show. Have you read Phantom Seer, Sean? Uh, that's the one with the key, right? Yeah. It's the blandest thing you'll ever read in your entire life. The art was kind of cool, sometimes. Yeah, except when the girl was sitting so you could literally see her ass at all times. Well, that was when the art was great. <laughs> you gotta display the assets when you can, man. <laughs> You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> We'll, we'll put you in touch with Hassan, who's like the pun master of podcasting. Dude, what did you think? Thank you for asking. I considered this a flop. I actually had this written as not a flop for the first like 15 chapters. And then I was like, nope, this really just, it played its cards. It's kind of like a shittier version of Mitama Security, where it, Mitama Security was good, but it also overstayed its welcome, but it was a lot funnier, a lot more often. The author had a lot more variety. This author, it's just kind of one thing that he only half-asses. He did piss boy a lot, though. He whole pisses it. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if you can say that on a podcast. I think they might they might come for you after that. This series really went for gold. Hey. Oof. Oh, Six Word Summary, version four. So, Sean, though, um, what would you recommend since you thought this was a certified flop someone should check out instead? Uh, manga specifically? Anything you want. We had someone recommend their own podcast in the last episode. Someone's recommended The Mandalorian. 
I am not confident enough to recommend my own podcast. I'll save that for the end when I'm uh, shamelessly whoring myself out. The thing that I would recommend people go watch the most, I keep coming back to it, place further than the mm -hmm. universe, man. Like, if you're a type of person that thinks a show about cute girls doing cute things is not your jam, you should watch this mm -hmm. show. If you think it is your jam, you should watch this show. If you enjoy characters with very real conceivable issues that uh, need to be resolved and the idea of actually doing something, go watch Place Further Than the Universe universe. Yori Mori is the, for, uh, the shortened way to say it. I would try the Japanese, but I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to butcher it too badly. Not enough people watch it. It's one of my top 10 anime of all time. Mm. Go, go, just go, go. It's actually what motivated me to start the goddamn podcast I do. Ooh, I'll have to check it out. And a soft second would be Mob Psycho 100. Oh, Mob Psycho 100 is so fucking good. Those are your two. You got some nice, good, old-fashioned shonen, awesome with a lot of heart. And then you've got some cute girls doing cute things that's going to make you cry at some point. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> I just love the Body Improvement Club. Oh, they're the best. They're the fucking best. And how about you, Jordan? Uh, so I would actually uh, recommend people interested in painting. Check out a painting called The Tower of Babel by a little guy known as Peter Bruegel the Elder, a Dutch Flemish painter. He was alive uh, in the 1500s, you know? So just check out that if you want to check out some cool Renaissance paintings. Oh, that is really cool. I just Googled it. <laughs> Whoa, that's, a, that's, that's good. I like it. Did you paint this, Jordan? Yeah, that was me. My my other name is Peter Bruegel. I was wondering why people called you PD sometimes. <sighs> Jumps through time. Do you mind if I use this in my next D&D &D campaign? It's got proper uh, Citadel vibes to me, and I'm digging it. Talk to my people. We'll we'll see if we can work out the rights for that. All yeah. right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you have my blessing to use it as the person who hasn't created this art. Fantastic. That's all I need. And then for my recommendation, Sean, how do you feel about a series that both has trans rights and girls with dump truck asses and beautiful artwork? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a very, very positive combination. So let me tell you about a series called Blue Period, where it's about a boy learning to love art and go to art school and his very supportive transgender friend. And then every other girl in the series just is thick as a fucking bowl of oatmeal. They really made a series about me? Yeah. <laughs> Point of note, I just googled blue period, and the second thing I got was a uh, picture of an old man all in blue. So I feel like <laughs> if I can expect that, I feel like you've sold me. Well, if you google blue period, you'll probably get, um, I think Picasso's blue period is what you'll probably get. <laughs> oh yeah, that's definitely Picasso. <laughs> I am cultured. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's an absolutely fantastic series. The, it, the author actually has other people do paintings for the series, so you really get a sense of different art styles. Oh, that's awesome. This is actually really pretty. I'm going to check it out. If you're looking at the page, the second volume cover, that blonde woman is biologically male. I love seeing well-done representation in all my media, and it's about time anime got a lot more of it. The anime, I think, comes out in a few months. And then, Jordan, the final thing for us to discuss is is this the worst thing we've read so far no not at all i can categorically say there's no way this could possibly be the worst thing you've read no no the fact that there were things in it that worked immediately means it was not the worst manga that we've read yeah if you took all of the good parts of this series you would have a solid single volume manga a successful webcomic yeah. <laughs> or a successful webcomic exactly if this series was in the format that like pop team epic is in yeah great wonderful perfect format bonus recommendation pop team epic actually now that we're talking about other things let's get into the shoutouts <laughs> 
Props to Jordan for making the opening and ending theme and being a great co-host. I want to give props to Shannon for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Illuminati and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. I want to give thanks to Tucker for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. Check out Shona Flop Guide, which will come out after this episode, um, in which he goes into greater detail on some of the topics we discussed in this episode. In particular, this is going to be a really exciting one, I can tell. I also want to thank Miriam, Nicole, and Audie for their help with social media. And if you haven't yet, be sure to join the Shonen Flop Discord. Come hang out with us and talk about anime, games, or whatever else you want to talk about. We also have a book club and do regular movie nights. You can find a link to it in our link tree in our bio. Finally, I want to just give you a reminder, if you've been enjoying the show, to please like, rate, review, and share it. It helps us a ton. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you get your podcast. And above all, though, Sean, I really want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Where can they find you? All right, time to get my whoring out muscles working. My name is Sean Rollins once again. I have a podcast called Anime Out of Context. You can get it wherever your favorite podcasts are found, whether that be uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, anywhere, really. Uh, And we are starting to upload on YouTube now. That's another thing that we're trying to get doing, where you can uh, listen to my dear friend be subjected to all kinds of horrible, heinous anime stuff, and occasionally something that is just genuinely good, wholesome, and enjoyable, like Place Further Than the Universe. You can head on over to... Literally anywhere. Just search Anime Out of Context Podcast and you'll find us. We're the big blue icon with the happy looking guy and the sad looking guy. (laughs) That is the best way to describe it. Uh, Which one is which? Well, based on my tone throughout this show, you can probably guess. (laughs) If Jordan did it, we would just be, we've got the sad looking guy and the sadder looking guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, we would love to have you. And if you uh, came to our show from the Shonen Flopcast, let me know. I love hearing about where people hear about my show. You know what? Same, listener. If you're inspired by this show to check out Shonen Flop, let us know. Oh, I was going to make that joke. I will say though, Sean, my friend really, really loves your podcast. And he got like, he messaged me when you guys gave us a shout out like a few weeks ago. So I didn't tell him that you were going to be on our show because I thought that'd be a fun surprise to just send him the episode. And he's like, whoa. So here's hoping. Well, hopefully I don't disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> so Joseph Richard, if you're listening, this one's for you, buddy. He's a cool dude. I met uh, Men in Ireland when I studied abroad. I love him very much. He'd probably really appreciate it. Just be like, yo, Joseph Richard, David told me to say what's up. And he'll be like, what the fuck? Uh, but Sean, is there anything else um, you'd like to let our audience know about? I think we're good. If you want to check out my show, I would love to hear all your feedback. And otherwise, keep listening to these guys. They're great. You are definitely taking trying to fight for Hassan's title as nicest guy in podcast. <laughs> it will be mine. <laughs> I don't know, Hassan was a fucking legend where we had a guest back out, and he read an entire, like, three-volume manga in two days so he could be on our show without us having to reschedule. Oh, see, now I want to meet him. He sounds lovely. He's great, yeah. Ooh. Hey, guys, good news. There's a flash flood warning. Oh, God. Stay high and dry. (laughs) Stay high and dry. Jordan, just save the computer. Oh, yeah. Staying high and dry. What, David? If your apartment starts flooding, just grab the computer and keep going. (laughs) Just hold it above your head. I've seen that photo of the dude who was like getting rescued by firefighters and he's like cradling his tower. (laughs) That's a photo of me. That explains a lot. (laughs) But yeah, I would really like to thank David for putting together this podcast and editing it. This is a great fucking job. Oh, thanks, man. This is this will be a challenge, but it's going to be a lot of fun to get through this one. And then I also just want to play a few trailers here. Does thinking about the speed the world is changing at make your head spin? Feel like the fast-paced economy of the 15th century is leaving you in the dust? It doesn't have to be that way. At Italia Technical Institute, in partnership with Shonen Flop Guy Den, we're teaching you the skills of today to succeed in the workforce of tomorrow. 
Whether it's painting, sculpting, or the alchemical sciences, Italia Tech can lead you on the path to your own personal career renaissance. Follow the Shonen Flop YouTube channel for a free informative brochure. That's Shonen Flop Gaiden exclusively on the Shonen Flop YouTube channel. Subscribe today. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Mash Debaters. My name is DeAndre Robinson, and stay tuned every week to listen to Mash Debaters, home of comedic debates, where we debate some of the most unlikely of topics. Follow me, DeAndre Robinson, CJ, Evan, and Cam every week. So we take themes and ideas from classic literature and use them to make children's books, right? Right. Well, what if we hold a seance with the ghost of Charlotte Bronte and she plugs our podcast like, Listen to Father Bother. It's loads better than catching typhus. Mm, even odds we accidentally call forth Mr. Rochester's wife Bertha and she burns our house down. But we should at least tell them that I'm Leon and you're Nathan. And that Father Bother is a writer room style comedy podcast with new episodes every other Wednesday. Sounds great. Ready to record? Oh, wait. Thank you so much, listener, for joining us today. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Sean. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah.